friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by he who fell from the sky and co-host, Alex Dandino, that's my best Bruce Campbell. All right. Oh, there you go. All right, before we uh, battle the armies of darkness, a little business. Thank you guys for all the help you've given us this month. This is a ton of podcasts. Two more to go. 31 pods, 31 days as we travel to the depths of the whole abyss. Um, please, we'd like to ask you for a little more help, man. Please take a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. It does help us out enormously. Thank you for those who are doing it. Also, you can find us on all the social media you're on. Uh, find us there. Follows, uh, shares, retweets, things like that. Help us out enormously. Helps us grow the audience. We appreciate that. Please. You can follow our YouTube channel and subscribe. Nerd Alchemist on uh, YouTube, obviously. Some fun new stuff going up over there. Uh, working on some big ideas, so stay tuned. Griffey's big action and debut coming up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, if that's what you want to call it, really abusing that term. Um, you can also email the pod, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Another great way to let us know what movies you'd like to hear us cover. New, old, double features, uh, themes for an entire month, guest host, anything you want to hear us talk about, we'd like to do that for you. As you know, every December we stuff your stalking. So we get uh, as many suggestions as we can done. We've never finished them yet this year. We rank them by our favorites. And we do as many as we can. So get in early with an awesome suggestion. We probably already got two for Sherlock's. We've got a handful of others like, okay, maybe. So there's still room to dive in. Come legit. Let's get this done. Also next month in November for Thanksgiving, the pod brings the beef. So join us for that. Um, lots of training montages. We had some awesome suggestions for that, too. So it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awesome. All right. It's time, Alex. The end of Sam Raimi's run with Evil Dead. Army of Darkness. Um, Didn't even get the Evil Dead before. No colon Army of Darkness. Just straight up Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. I think the title even says Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. Um, This movie... This movie follows its own path through time and space alex what are your opening thoughts on this, army of darkness this is the first of the evil dead movies that i actually ever watched it was completely yep. by accident it was on it was on the cable so i checked it out <laughs> um and i was absolutely amazed i was like where are the other movies because you learn so much from the you learn so much from the intro you're like i wonder if that linda chick ended up actually getting you know, dead-eyed. That's kind of cool. I wonder if Bridget Fonda's in the rest of these movies. By the way, she's not. Um, yeah. But Army of Darkness is such a special movie to me. Like, it is... It's the final in a trilogy. It's the final in a trilogy of horror movies that are a little bit disconnected, but not really disconnected. And then, on top of everything else, this really doesn't come off as a horror movie in a lot of ways or like even a scary movie it's much more an action adventure movie action adventure comedy with elements of horror involved but the real star of the movie overall 
is Bruce Campbell as the person who takes you through this movie. I, I actually have two personal connections to this movie. I know two people and I've worked with them personally who did a lot of shit on this movie. The first person, and I found this out through, I, I was on a show a while ago. We did, um, I did a dating show in the Caribbean and short story. My boss, uh, quit in the middle of it and a new line producer came out and I Googled my new line producer and he, his first job in the business was as a production assistant on army of darkness. <laughs> and what a I, great PA gig. And I asked him, I was like, is it true you're a PA on army of darkness? He goes, I get this question all the time. I'm like, he's like, I'll tell you, I almost directed the second unit for army of darkness. I'm like you were a PA and you almost directed the second unit. He's like, I'll tell you why, because we were shooting and I saw this fog rolling in and I told the AD and I'm like, Hey, there's some great fog. You guys should shoot that. And I'm like, wow, as a PA, I would never have the balls to walk up to an AD and be like, Hey, shoot that shit over there, man. And Sam Raimi overheard him and goes, Hey, we should go shoot that. That kid's got a good idea. Do you want to go direct that? And he was like, yeah, he's like, cool. We'll do it in like an hour. And the next shot, the PA had to run to get something. My boss ended up breaking his ankle on set and never got to direct. <laughs> Literally changed the course of his life. He wound up being a line producer. And then and now he works with you. I also, <laughs> and then the makeup, the character makeup effects guy. Um, and he's done a lot of movies. If you look him up, his name's Tony Gardner. I've worked with him a lot, actually, in the last couple of years. He did uh, Ash, Sheila, Evil Ash, and Evil Sheila. He's, this is the, he was the key makeup guy. So That's awesome. I slowly but surely am amassing these people that I know worked on the crew for Army of Darkness and asked them every annoying question anyone's ever been asked about this movie. So, yes, I love Army of Darkness unabashedly. I think this movie's excellent. Yeah, it's I think I have a similar thing, right? Where I, I told the story, I used to go to my family get togethers for Thanksgiving. And my mom's cousin is much, much older than me, but I thought he was cool. He was like in high school and I was like in elementary school, right? And I remember sneaking up to his room once just to like I always wanted to be like, What's cool, right? And I always thought he was the coolest fucking guy. Right. I remember the year I opened the door and above his bed was just that fucking brilliant hand painted uh army of darkness poster right the, it looks like Chainsaw it looks like arm. fucking frazetta man it's so great yeah it's like a frazetta right the the fucking muscular teats out <laughs> lady at the leg there's evil everywhere and it just says army of darkness and there's just this guy with a chainsaw hand and a shotgun and i it just melted my brain as like oh my god and seeing that poster is what sent me out to find this series man and i think what is wild is yeah this is I don't even think this movie's trying to be a horror film anymore. This so, is, yeah. but to me, this is the cool thing is it's one of those genres. I'm always surprised that there's not more of, right? I love an amazing fantasy. Rob, this movie is essentially one of those super fun Reddit D and D modules. Like, Hey, wouldn't it be fun to play Ash and evil dead? Yes, it would. Yeah. And they gave us that movie. And when you look at this movie and what it is, right. <laughs> what and what it put it, in the context of this series, I just the fucking enormous balls to just say, yeah, I want to make this movie on the heels of Evil Dead 1 and 2 is baffling, but outstanding. This was supposed to be the I sequel. love that he felt no reason to be beholden to, I just want another of the same movie. And he's like, I just want to make a big, wild fantasy romp. I agree. And it's 
awesome. That's, I mean, it's magnificent. Like, I mean, from the jump, like you get the like. Finally, Ash gets to tell. Like, that's actually my favorite thing. Is this whole movie starts with Ash getting to tell the again another Linda and Ash, right? Another Linda and Ash that seems like another multiverse right. moment. And you also like this is the also the first movie we get legit backstory for Ash. Like yeah. before this, we did not know he worked at Smart. <laughs> yeah, the Kmart's. If you're old enough to remember Kmart's in the Midwest, they had the blue right. light special. For those of you kids who uh, grew up during the pandemic, just so you know, there used to be these um, stores that just had stuff before we just ordered everything <laughs> online, and we would all go and buy them, and you never knew what you would find. You might find something cool. <laughs> um, yeah, like everything about ash's story is so fun because honestly like they recap two movies in roughly 30 seconds and then they also have this and this shot of like leading right of the shot of the portal sucking ash in is like he's like holding on you see the great like white streak through his hair and then and this is like one of those great like it's a really quick shot of like ash spinning through the air you can see the wire that's holding him. Like, that's just, like, vintage. Because it's an alternate like, multiverse. fucking love it, man. Like, that's the kind of shit that you just, like, doesn't... That's not going on anymore in anything that you get to watch. And it's just... It's it's wonderful. And then, on top of everything else, and I forgot about this, it's not just Army of Darkness. The way the title screen pops, it says, Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. You're like, yeah, fuck, dude. This movie is just off to a killer start. We are going to see something truly amazing, and we do. Yeah, it's it sets itself up really early as just this. Because it's, it's the weird thing. They make the choice, right? Instead of starting again where he has fallen, he's defeated a deadite, and he is the promised one. Again, they kind of reset, right? So they overlap and are showing us things from part two, but then redoing the entire setup. Mm -hmm. Which now, Ash, I think it starts off and he's like, I'm a slave. I'm Ash and I'm a slave. I am Ash. Right? I'm a he's slave. in the stocks now. Yeah. Yeah, he's being brought in the city to be punished and murdered mm -hmm. for witchcraft. And the, this is where the movie starts their brilliant motif of just this selfish hero, right? Because it's this weird. I love how he's just like, not like, I'll save anyone or give a speech. He's like, I don't know this fucking guy. Let me out of here. Right. And his entire mission becomes this, I must get out, right? It's kind of a Mad Mardigan setup, right? Mm -hmm. I'm here for me. I'm doing me. Uh, just less dressing as the women he sleeps with. That's the Mad Mardigan escape plan. But it's just, it's, it's an unusual way to start the film of Ash being thrown into a pit where now the evil dead are killing us for sport, right? We see these warring factions of human that are so traumatized by the dead that they now laugh and mock and kill amongst themselves. And Ash just goes full superhero mode and escapes and makes himself right. the fucking but, man. And this, and when you watch by the end of the movie, it becomes this really fun everyman loser who yeah. thinks he's special. That's the best part. It's, is, it's a really fun start for this journey. Ash, this is the Ash that everyone, like it's fun because this is the Ash everyone remembers. This is the ash that's imprinted in everyone's brain because this is where he says really all his iconic lines. This and the laughing scene from Evil right. Dead 2 is how we remember him. This is how ash. we remember him. And it's fascinating because like you just sort of imprint that and then when you watch the other movies, you're like, Where 
where is this ash and i'm like well he doesn't arrive until he saws his fucking hand off and then he like starts to become that guy but yeah there is the laughing scene of course but this is the ash that everyone remembers and he's just so cranked to 11 the entire movie like yeah the 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 line that always like sets me off because yeah like he has like the walk through and a walk through and he's given his monologue and then he's actually kind of like hesitant to give any shit like he's like no no i'm just a guy come on give me give me a break and then he like they drag him all the way back and finally duke henry who's like the fucking scottish guys like you're not one of my men who are you and he finally like the line i was just like well hello mr fancy pants and then he gives the jack and shit thing and you're like god damn this is the movie man this is the movie right here this is a guy who literally has been through literal hell and back and wants nothing to do with this all he wants to do is get in his oldsmobile and drive off into the sunset but that fucking thing's to- toast it's awesome <laughs> well the fact they send the car back with him too is a weird part of evil dead 2 but they use it to a really am- amazing effect in this film right that it becomes his kind of uh his catch-all trunk right <laughs> all the stuff he needs it's it's funny because there's that scene when he's talking to the maiden, right? Mm. This is probably the weirdest scene at the start for me. <laughs> is he's talking to the maiden and she's looking. He gives himself a robotic hand, right? Just a straight up robo hand. <laughs> I forgot there's another scene where he just whoops the shit out of a handmaiden, right? As he's being fed by wenches and he is fully chugging he's and belching. Like chugging he has wine. become this Oh, it's the best. Yeah, he's become this machismo eighties superhero caricature right absolutely and it's a really fun caricature and then we go down there he's built himself a robotic hand that can crush pots and he's sitting there tweaking it right and she comes down and he's like hey i don't want you to miss you don't know anything about alloys and metals and things with molecules and it's like (laughs) the one moment in the film it feels like where he's like oh what a douche i've become like i just i work at smart and homeware we find out later right right? And so, but then as she's leaving, right, she gives him a good smack as she should, right? Because she's like, you're a hero. He's like, no, I'm getting out of here. Ah, she gives him a smack. He just walks up. Give me some sugar. Grabs baby. her and just does, give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> and you are sitting there. And in the first 27 minutes of this film, you're like, what happened to Ash in that vortex? Yeah. This is. This is a new Ash. It, it is. Well, it's so funny because it reminded me in the strangest way of the cable guy. Right? <laughs> Where, when Jim Carrey goes to. uh medieval times he just all the way buys in and kind of larps it yeah right this is ash almost as if i'm on house money like none of this is real it doesn't matter i'm just a play thing so i'm gonna go full on and instead of being the guy behind the counter that's spinning yarns about the uh fives that i've been hooking up with to ted ramey this is my chance what would it be like to tell a king to fuck off you know what would it be like to just grab the fairest maiden in these four walls and say, let's go, give me some sugar. So there's a really fun element of this whole movie's kind of like the, your friend in college who lies to you about a girl hooking up with him. And you're like, I know you're lying. You know, I'm lying, but you're all the way in. And that's essentially what evil dead is doing to us. There or yeah. army of darkness is doing to us for the entire movie. <laughs> it's just constantly leading us in constantly giving us like, it's the only movie I've ever watched where it's giving us all the rope to hang ourselves with. And we're just like so eager to do <laughs> it. Like explain that to me. What do you mean by that? Well, just like there's an expectation built. And then from the jump, like we're like, Oh man, he sucked into a vortex. What's going to happen next? 
And then he fucking, you know, like he blows up the fucking two deadites that are like in the little pit of despair thing. Not only that, like they, and then on top of that, like before he gets thrown in there, the explosion of blood, like you already know, like you knew that was going to happen anyways. He takes that whole. They shit. had to get a geyser of blood. It's the Evil Dead series. He builds. He builds himself a metal hand, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then he says his line. He goes, "Groovy." That whole thing. Give me some sugar. <laughs> you have him fucking. <laughs> Yo, she bitch. Let's go. Like all these like little one like it's literally a movie of one liners, and the whole time you're sitting there, and you're like, "I think it's gonna call." Probably pull back a little bit and start becoming. Nope, absolutely not. And the whole point is like. The analogy being we're literally just like out on a whim waiting for it to pull back. And when it doesn't, we're almost glad. Like for me personally, I'm always <laughs> glad it doesn't do it because I never want this movie like this. I never want anything to pull back from this movie. This movie is like Stonehenge in Spinal Tap. Like it's full commit. <laughs> this movie is full on commit and it's so much fun the entire time everything about it is great and right and it is the weird it's the weird thing that he pulled off is because he had made two very successful horror films he got the rope to make one of the strangest fantasy films we've ever gotten by just kind of saying oh it's part of evil dead it's kind of a horror film and it's to me it's like this movie is very similar in how it's laid out to uh something like the black cauldron right that's just a disney movie for kids Mm -hmm. Here is the skeleton king. He's raising an army of the undead. He needs a black cauldron to do it. Boom. That's what this movie is. It's a fantasy adventure, right? It's just funny because at the core of this, right? So it has horrific imagery, but it's not a horror film. Because I think what we know, and that's why I think they made Ash this Arnold Stallone, Seagull kind of caricature, is because Ash at this point, what we see at the end of Evil Dead 2 is him screaming to the heavens, no, is there screaming hail. Yeah. Ash is not the guy who's just like, ah, oh, yes, I am a noble knight. I bought into this cause. Oh, he's a dickhead. Right? He is the guy who just wants to get the fuck out, right? Yeah. He wants to go. He wants to work back he at s He wants to go to s He wants to go so back to badly. being the braggadocious, you know, biggest fish in the absolute smallest Absol- bowl. Totally. And so... It's this really fun way to get a lot of run out of that still is now you're just putting him through the ringer once more. Right. And how do we get away with it? And so we still have our our classic moments from Evil Dead, but they're just so inverted. Right. Like even something like when he's in that tower, there is a, a difference in how it plays. Right. Ash breaking the mirror and seeing bunches of ashes. Right. That makes sense. And it actually comes after we see that the demonic ghost who we've seen plow through doors and get Ash before, now they can't move him, right? Now we are in this kind of symbiosis, and like he doesn't have to worry about that. He has to worry about himself. Yes. So the little Ash is attacking just becomes this iconic and cathartic, hilarious moment, right? It's just fucking fun. And it feels very much in line with what we've seen, but just... I don't know. There's just this extra level to it that it's. I guess it's hard to say. I keep wanting to say cartoonish, but I don't even know that that's the best descriptor. I mean, what do you make of this moment of Ash versus himself in the tower? I mean, the whole thing is. It's just. I mean, for me personally, it's always read like Looney Tunes. 
Like it reads like Looney Tunes, but not in a bad way. Like, right. It's interesting. Like the way I'd read the reason I'd say Looney Tunes is not because it's cartoonish though. Looney Tunes to me was never that like, especially now, like we ha- I have a kid now and we watch Looney Tunes and I'm like, wow, a lot of this is very grown up. Like I should not be watching this with my child and a lot of, for a lot of it, but that's sort of what it is. Yeah. If you go back on a HBO max, they have like the older ones that were even old when we were kids. Yeah. They're not. And there is some really tongue in cheek, whore and violence yeah. going on with some of these characters. You're like, wow, this is a lot. Right. This is and a lot for a kid's show. What it reads but they to cover me. it in this veneer of laughs. Right. And that's what, army of Dar- that's what that scene particularly always reads to me is um it's looney tunes but it's like the looney tunes that you watch with your kid and like what or like i watched when i was 12 I was like haha it's so much fun and now i watch when i'm 34 and i was like holy shit i don't think i should watch this with my kids anymore like there's like <laughs> there's a level to it and i think that's why i always enjoyed it because it's not just so it's not just Looney Tunes, though, too. It also harkens back to like Gulliver's Travels with like almost a Lilliputian thing, like because that ends up happening later on in the scene. So there is this sort of odd literary merit to it. But again, I'm not I'm not saying that Sam. Rain, that is I'm, I'm not saying that is a big old stretch right there. I'm not, well, <laughs> There's a literary to follow it up. I'm not saying it. Sam Raimi is. I'm not saying he's not. I thought it was maybe a little clever tongue-in-cheek image, right? That sure. Ash from Evil Dead 2, as we had known him, had escaped into this world, re-jumps into Bruce Campbell, right? And there's that amazing scene where he's splitting into two, right? Mm-hmm. The Ah, there's an eye in my shoulder. Ah, there's a head. He goes outside, and he's like, oh! Right. With the amazing painted moon background. It's just, like, it's just cool shit, right? You're like, this is just fucking cool. But... What happened, the scene is so funny because at the end, it's another Bruce Campbell, right? And he's doing that, yeah, the goody two-shoes, yeah, the goody two-shoes. And he fucking puts the gun in his face and shoots him. He goes, good, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Come on, man. And so Bruce Campbell swallows himself from Evil Dead 2, which supposedly makes an evil Bruce Campbell who then just gets shot in the face by... Now I am truly evil Bruce Campbell. Well, uh, I, it's I such would, a funny I would moment. actually argue what it would be is Ash swallows himself from himself from Evil Dead 2. The Evil Dead 2 Ash comes out and the swashbuckling superhero Ash says, I don't want to deal with you right now. I want to be this I want to be this Ash and fucking blows his head off and that is who evil that's who evil Ash ends up coming. Ends up becoming. Yeah, it's the, the the idea of making little Ash from essentially Evil Dead Two create big Ash who gets blown up and now he becomes Zombie Lord Ash. It's there is so much tackling of this weird like, is this guy even a good guy at all? Yeah. Right? Like in the first film of Evil Dead, he is clearly a good guy. Right. He wants to be a good boyfriend, he's afraid to act violently. Then he dives in, right? And maybe what it's saying is just as you're I don't know if it's just this. I mean, it's almost too childish to say it's the, you know, to kill a monster, you must become a monster. Oh, you're going all uh, Dark Knight on us, huh? Yeah, I think what's cool is that it doesn't even stop to ask those questions, right? Is that Ash is, in D&D terms, just a truly chaotic neutral, right? He is here for his mission. He will fuck up whatever's in his path. And there's not... I would say even by the end of the movie, I think it's really hard to argue that there is a completed hero's journey. 
Because yes, he begs. Oh, you know, we got. I'm tired of running. We got to stand and fight. Right. Well, maybe because everyone just told you to fuck off, and you were afraid Merlin was going to send you back to you know, fuckville. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of send you back to Smart. So even that moment, you're like, is that truly very noble? Probably not. Um, you know, we we play with the fact that Ash, essentially by landing, Ash activates the army of the dead yeah. even more well, and that by becoming himself and- by not taking the second to memorize the three words right. ash may be responsible for every single thing we've seen in all of these right. well and that's the thing that i thought about this time too is i was sitting there and i'm like i think ash actually is the cause for this like so that means and also that there's a misreading of the Necronomicon in Evil Dead 2. He's not the he's not the hero for the living, he's the hero for the dead. Which I think is Yes. Which I think is what makes it even more interesting is that he ends up being he ends up being his own undoing in a lot of ways. And it's this sort of vicious cycle that ends up happening. Yeah. And I like that read because Ash is such a heel throughout the entire movie, but he's the only like kind of heroic one because he's like proactively doing stuff, but it's just because you want to see Ash keep going. Like this is the, this is the rare movie where it's so absurd. You're just sitting like, what's he going to do next? Like once Ash pulls an evil version of himself out of his shoulder blade, you're like pretty much anything could happen in this movie. And then he tops it off by, mumbling the words like it's those yeah like mumbling the words might be one of my all-time favorite bits in a movie next to besides just like the deer besides the deer head mumbling words that could like spell doom for um the entire world is might be one of my more entertaining moments because like it should be much more climactic than it is and granted it leads to a great climax and everything but like that's sort of one of those levels where you're like three words that's ash can ash can create a mechanized hand for himself but he cannot remember these three simple words and is it because he's so arrogant he literally brushes the wise man off or is it because he quite simply is just not that smart and i kind of think it's both or and they feed into each other would it be impossible for him to learn because of this time loop that he is caught in Right. Very possible. That he must always fail. He must always because he forgets the words again after the climactic battle against the army of the dead. He, does. he still forgets the words. Doesn't even write it on his hand. Nothing. He forgets again because he wants to go back to Smart, but he still wants to be the king in his own way. Right. He does. And I think maybe that's what we're dabbling in here is that this movie has a strange parallel in my mind of falling down. Where it's just like, I'm so sick of this shit, right? I literally just went to a cabin to try to bang my girlfriend. I'm so sick of these fucking words and these fucking books. And now there's three fucking books. Like, his his outrage, his indignation when he sees the three books. He's just so pissed about everything, Right. right? I think that's what it is. This is just a guy who's at his absolute ropes end. He's like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want right and it's you know and then in between that we see a book bite him and we see him climb out of the hole with his elongated face Mm -hmm. and these are almost Grimm's fairy tale punishments right it's these cartoonishly horrifying moments right that his when he comes out and his face is all 
stretched out and his arms are like slender man arms yeah we don't know for sure that he's going back right based on this series but he does he snaps back so you have that brief moment of oh he's punished for his sins no he's not but that's it is this movie among all of them oddly enough maybe even more than evil dead one has the absolute barest of narratives right oh yeah this is just this series of and then that way it kind of comes back to that tom and jerry bit where it's just him like what is this is sam raimi just saying let's make it fantasy and again i think it's because sam raimi was maybe just the first of like fanboys like us that is like holy fuck man i've got the keys to the kingdom and he so illustrates in these movies that adage that they tell a lot of screenwriters and then everyone tries to get you to not do it which is Write exactly what you would pay to go see up on that screen. Right. Well, and I think the thing. How weird. How out there. What kind of images do you want? And he gets all those in and it's just like, you know, oh, he's got to get the book to go home. Right. Well, and I, that's the whole fucking movie. I mean, the thing I like the most about Army of Darkness in general is that it follows this really simple writing rule. Just like, and then this happened. And then this happened. <laughs> And then this, but happened. it's actually more like that South Park. So this happens, exactly. but it's the South Park formula. So this then, happened, yeah. and this happened because <laughs> this happened, this happened. Like it, follows, and that works really well for co- comedy. It does, and it works really well for this movie specifically because we have, I, from a logical standpoint, I know what's going to happen next. I have absolutely no idea how it's going to happen next, but I know what's going to happen. And the movie is called Army of Darkness. Surely there will be an army of something <laughs> at some point like yeah i know the eventuality of this movie but getting there and getting to that point is the thing that makes this movie entertaining and fun if it right. wasn't worth watching this movie would be called army of darkness sure. and the army would never reveal themselves so getting but that's to that also army, that's also a very fantasy thing though absolutely. right absolutely like, in lord of the rings it's like you know that giant fucking flaming eye and the sky's going down this is a fantasy tale even game of thrones by the end of hbo's run it it pushed out and just went exactly basic fantasy right they stopped trying to be an inversion almost every fantasy tale right you know that death star's blowing up every fucking time um even in kroll right you know the cyclops is coming back what fantasy does well is that when that cyclops rides back on the nightmare and it's fucking hooves are aflame, and he's got his trident up, right? It's just metal, right? You put a soaring James Horner score to there, and you're just like, yeah, woo! But what pretty, is awesome, because I've been saying this for Evil here. Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, is that Sam Raimi never missed a chance and became a really influential and iconic filmmaker in the way of, I'm putting my style and my stamp right here in ways that are often just visceral and they cause your mind to pull away from the film in a weird way right he never misses the chance for a cool image and this movie is that like you said spinal tapped up to an 11 yeah i mean that yeah it's it's never missing a beat it's never missing an opportunity to do like again you said it best it is like sam raimi's like i mean i'm one of you like let's just amp this thing up and see where we can take it like (laughs) It truly is like the. Well, great- it's weird if Sam Raimi hadn't done this with Evil Dead Three. Do you think this movie would ever fucking exist? No, not in a this form. No, it's insane, right? The fact I mean, that this movie exists, greatest, period, is awesome. It's the greatest D and D campaign ever committed to screen. 
Like, it's incredible. Well, you're obviously not a part of Urania like me. <laughs> Dumb. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Like, Ash is everything. That poster is so important and so iconic to all of our lives. Not just for your like own personal story, but for all of us. Bruce Campbell, shirtless, as the lead on a poster for a major motion picture for a studio. This is the only time, by the way, he was ever the lead in a major motion picture for a studio film. Like, that is all of us. That that fucking poster, all of us see ourselves in that poster. None of us are that muscly, but goddamn, how badass would we feel if we had a fucking chainsaw hand that could just take out deadites like nothing, right. like nobody's business? That's... Yeah, he becomes our avatar to ride through... And that's the the cool thing, too, is that back when I was a kid, you would go through the whore aisle and a lot of the movies you picked was 100 percent based on the the cover. Right. There's that 100 percent Hannibal Burris joke, which is or was it? I can't remember who said it. God, I can't remember which comedian said it, but it's like, you know, you're supposed to judge a book by the cover. That's why they pay for all that art and blurbs. Right. <laughs> like that's the exact point of a cover of a book. Right. And that's how I felt like we used to pick horror movies based on, oh, man, you just you knew the covers. Right. And anyone I know who is like a horror movie junkie as a kid, we all knew the covers. Uh -huh. Like, I got to get that one, that one, that one. And Army of Darkness was no different. And I think what's awesome is that when those movies would pan out and over deliver yes. an Army of Darkness is not even to this day when I watch it, it's never the movie I'm like I would have expected. No. Not even close. And so while you say you kind of know every twist and turn of this movie, you somewhat know how this is all going to play out. I think just the very fact that this thing is what it is, is somewhat an inversion of fantasy itself. It's pretty right? incredible. I mean, how in the fuck did they do? I mean, it, when Ash is driving around in his car souped up to be like a murder chopper. Yeah. You're like, I did not see that one coming. I mean, that's awesome. This movie, right? like, there's just cool shit everywhere you turn. Well, yeah, I mean, this movie's an amazing, like, kind of, kind of meta narrative about the expectations of what people who go to see the third Evil Dead movie are expecting, and <laughs> Sam Raimi literally just like pissing in their face and being like, "Well, I'm going to do this instead, so enjoy that." But you, but because we like but, it, yeah, and like, we like we're just the sitting there, just getting. Trump golden showered like oh yes thank God oh, so cute like that That's so gross that in and of itself is what makes Army of Darkness so wonderful is that it's completely subverting all our expectations of what we should be getting and instead we're getting this high this like meta fantasy fish out of water film that all of us can relate to in some way and then also has this all the great elements of like big action adventure stuff like my it's a very but and again sam raimi never misses a moment like my favorite part in this entire movie is a really small beat and it's really stupid but i laugh so hard every time this is at the very end when evil ash is like commanding his army and the um and Ash, the Ash's army fires like this huge fireball and blows up this huge skeleton thing. And the reaction of evil Ash is, oh, oh, that's it. And I don't know why, but I fucking laughed every single time. Like I've rewound that moment because I find it so entertaining. But that's like Sam Raimi in a nutshell is finding those little beats of like, well, why the hell not? 
and just letting it roll. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Well, it's the hardest thing about talking about this movie is almost every scene you just go, God damn, wasn't that cool? Yeah. Like, he just exploded 50 skeletons. Wasn't that fucking cool? Exactly. Ash had a chopper, a helicopter chopper where he just murdered a bunch. Isn't that fucking cool? Like, I just... That's that's what this movie does to me, right? And it's you get like some of those high moments, like oh, from the east at the break of dawn, right? Henry shows up, yeah. and at the end they hug it out, and he does defeat Evil Ash by launching him into the sky, right? To explode, like it's just cool, but man. It's a guy that's... battling his his worser self, right? That maybe Ash is actually cleared of the evil dead that was in him. Like there's things you could really extrapolate out on if you wanted to, but it, I just. It's really rare that you find a movie that is not beholden to anything, right? Not expectations of investors and your fan base you've built. And I think it's one of those rare things when you get such a confident filmmaker doing exactly what he wants. Evil Dead to me is one of those maybe like 10 movies where I'm just like, I cannot believe you went there and got that movie, right? Like and it's not always the best movies. This is one of the better ones. There are just movies sometimes where I just can't believe it happened. Like with all the interference, right? Because this movie is the biggest in scale. It probably you know cost the most by a large amount. I would imagine so many more extras, so many uncontrolled variables. We're doing a lot more puppeteering. We're doing claymation again. Everything we've done in this series, just maximum output. Right. Right. And the more you do that and the more you increase your budgets and the more of that come the the leeches of the system, right? Mm-hmm. The people who are there and they must justify having their job. So they're all input, input, input. And some, so many great movies are just inputted to death, right? On the Possessor pod with jo- director Josh Lobo, we talked about that, how studio films, there's always just something cool about them, but they don't have that extra vibrancy. Right. Because it's so sanded down and safe and, you know, hopefully the most palatable but tasteless thing you can get sometimes. Right. So how, as he kept escalating the level, he was able to get this fucking movie where Ash is flipping a shotgun to himself, writing on a table as a zombie <laughs> she-bitch is jumping on a trampoline and he's just wasting her in the store saying hail to the king hail to the king baby. i mean to me the king is sam raimi it's like you're the fucking Fuck king yeah, man. man i can't believe you got this made and it's you know i don't know if it's you know i don't want to call it just dumb entertainment but he just knows exactly what we're looking for yeah. man i think it's a rare thing to watch a movie where a director knows exactly what everyone wants at any given moment it's no pure less. catharsis it's yeah yeah so i want to do this real quick Rather than just, like, okay. jerk off to this movie, which, again, we've done 40 minutes of because I fucking love this Been movie. Been there. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I want to run the eight taglines past you that I found for Army of Darkness. And I want to know which one, oh, shit. Okay. which one your favorite was. Would have been my marketing campaign. Yeah. Okay. So these are the eight that were uh, on any of the posters, <laughs> any, of the, um, any of the marketing paperwork, any of the marketing work. First one. He's a 20th century guy trapped in the Middle Ages. Not my favorite. F. Foretold by a mystical... Completely not understanding what is cool about right. Army That's of Darkness. That's clearly a guy F. who like saw the poster and was like, hmm, I don't think this is going to work for me. Like Literally, they're like... Yeah. I, I mean, pref- that might as well have been about Martin Lawrence's movie where he went back to King Arthur's court. Right. 
Black Knight. Black Knight, I think it's called. Yeah. There's also one, a kid in King, King Arthur's, Arthur's Court, Court, like, Court with tell uh, the Thomas Ian Nicholas. Yep. Also not great. All right. Um, Next. Foretold by a mystical book. Forewarn by a wise man. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Ugh. That's more like a feel. Better not That feels good. like a movie that like maybe Joe Pesci got thrown into the Middle Ages, you know? <laughs> My cousin Ash. Oh, my cousin Ash is over here. Oh, hey, oh, you know. <laughs> watching a the lot of Utes. Some, the Utes are coming. Watching a lot of All right, Next. All right. This one I think everybody knows. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. F. That that's the one All that's right, on, wise guys that's, leading. That's the one that's on the poster that we uh that we uh that we that's so, the one that's on the low on gas that's the one that's on the poster that we so vehemently love well that's a testament to that artist just drawing my eyes away from that kalunker <laughs> that hoopty to use a car term that hoopty of a tagline all right one man one million dead the odds are just about even <laughs> better that's probably my favorite yeah cheesy but you know manageable they move, they breathe, they suck. Bad. Not not for me. Yeah, I mean, you just imagine in your mind if someone said that to you, what movie are you watching? <laughs> Sounds kind of like a porno, actually. This would not be high on your list. going to be honest. Yeah, this wouldn't even make your top 1,000. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sound the trumpets, raise the drawbridge, and drop the Oldsmobile. Lame. Man, they're really they're really on this car for how zero percent it matters to the film. They love this car. How can you destroy an army that's already dead? Hmm. Better. A, it feels like it's missing the tagline. That's kind of leaning in on more to yeah. That's like somebody who literally read the poster, not even watched the movie, just read the poster yeah. and was like, "Cool." That maybe add like a you know get my boomstick at the end of that. I don't know. All right. Eh. All right. Here's a these last, are horrible. Here's the last one. Not a last one, the last one. In an age of darkness, at a time of evil, when the world needed a hero, what it got was him. Jeez, what the hell? I mean, better. Also, that's a, that's such a long tagline. That's that's really long. <laughs> four sentences. That font's going to start on his crotch on that epic poster shot. <laughs> Instead of a lady draped on his leg, it's just going to be that fucking tagline. I feel um, That's really sad. Those I feel like the one man, one million dead, is that's the one that I like the most. Probably. Well, that hurts my. That makes me sad. So not everything about this movie kicks ass. We learned. <laughs> those are trash. Every one of those is trash. It's crazy though. Like people, you, you, like that's just one of those weird things. Is like this is not a movie. Like any one of his lines that are those one liners in the movie could have been a tagline for this. Hail to the sure. king, baby. That works perfectly on the poster. Yeah. How about hail to the fucking king? How is that not the tagline? I don't get it. It's a perfect tagline. I don't understand why that's not the tagline. It's weird. How is that not the tagline? That's insane. Hail to the You're king, right. baby. Look at that poster and tell me. I'm looking at the poster right now. Tell me that shouldn't say hail to the king, baby. That's what I mean. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Army of Darkness is just this amazing, awesome cartoon battle. It's everything you want, right? It's a perfect fantasy fun romp. It's awesome. Let's talk about, let's wrap up a little bit the legacy of the three evil deads before tomorrow tackling, and you have decided to join. I watched it. For the horrifyingly gory and visceral 
different direction the Evil Dead remake took. I had a dream about it. It was horrifying. A closing salvo on the Evil Dead trilogy and why it is still one of the most beloved cult series of all time. I mean, it's probably not even a cult anymore. It's so fucking mainstream. Uh, I mean, Everyone acknowledges it. I mean, it had a fucking greatness. TV show. Like, to me, that's, that's mainstream. Um, Everyone's getting a remake or a TV show. You know, the Evil Dead series taps into, I think, what we talked about in the first one, which was, like, this unseen force of evil. It's this unattainable, like, most of the other movies we've watched are had, like, physical manifestations of evil, of terror. I think what makes the Evil Dead movies so scary is that you don't know where the evil is lurking. And granted, Sam Raimi does a wonderful job of setting up the shot so that you know when the evil is going to pop. But that's still terrifying because you don't know what's lurking over the shoulder. I think that going into Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, the benefit of comedy is that it's not necessarily a thing where you're it's not necessarily taking away from the evil dead story itself, but if anything, it's enhancing it and letting other people who might otherwise not understand or be able to come to grips with what they were watching, which I'll be honest, is probably a lot of people who have not seen the remake, um, be able to digest it a little bit. I think what I like about the comedy of evil dead Two and army of darkness is that it makes these movies a little more accessible, but from, a fan standpoint, it makes it makes the Evil Dead series as a whole that much more entertaining because you get to dig so much deeper for those nuggets that you love. And that's what Sam Raimi does better than anybody is make movies of beats of like little moments that you didn't expect to be entertained by. And you're just so glad you hung in there for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild because to me, I, I, I remember there is a phrase when we were in film school, the cinema of cool, right? Mm -hmm. I think Tarantino popularized it. And I think for a lot of people, Tarantino might be the bar, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, Sam Raimi's the bar, right? The cinema of cool, the movies I wish I could have made, like Evil Dead series is among the tops, right? Um, you know, it's just cooler to have everything in Evil Dead than, you know, gun murders and racial slurs. Yeah. That's just me, though, right? <laughs> um, what I think is wild is that through three movies that are so insanely different, we watch this rise of an icon. It always veers where we don't want because it starts off as a really simple everyday people go in the wood, the woods and just by hearing words, their inner evil is unlocked that the evil are these fucking people trapped in the middle of nowhere and there's no society or rules to protect them. Right. It's every creature for themselves. Right. And we think there's an evil force, but who knows, man? And then evil dead too. We start getting into these fractured realities and, the absurdity of it all. And then by part three, it's just here's an icon having fun, man. And it is fun to watch people battle evil. It's this perfect horror movie trajectory. And what for three movies, they have almost no fucking narrative. They have almost no character that matters on any significant level other than, wow, that guy's cool. None <laughs> of it should work, right? Yeah. The director's constantly interrupting the movie with unusual psychotic choices. Mm -hmm. So on paper, you're like, this thing could have gotten lost and never existed. And all I think about is how lucky we are that it does and that Sam Raimi just had that power and vision to get us where we ended up. The fact that he made the movies like they did. Because like in Evil Dead 2, when we talked about Ash, every fucking chair has to break. Everything has to go bad. That's what it feels like these movies are, but they win at the end. They get to go back to S-Mart 
and say hail to the fucking king. And I think it's an unbelievable accomplishment that these three movies had. And and we see even in the Evil Dead remake, which we'll discuss tomorrow, that went straight up whore. Yes. Absolutely a horrific nightmare version of this world. And that's awesome too, man. I, I think Sam Raimi just created this awesome fucking sandbox that no matter what kind of tone or this and that, you focus on just making it as fucking entertaining and yeah. insane as it can be. And it always works for me, man. I, I think this series is is just yeah. a gift. It is what fell from the sky. I mean, man. it's pretty rare to see a series that allows a director or anybody playing in the sandbox the range to do what they do. So, I mean, Evil Dead, man. Just all-timer. All-timer. All fucking timer, man. Like, all three of them are just great. Um, I love the fucking remake, too. So I'm excited to talk about that. That's it, guys, for Army of Darkness, one of the all-time coolest movies ever made. Um, We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please take a second and leave a rating and review. Please finish the last day of our 31 days in a row tomorrow with the Evil Dead remake. We fucking made it. Or have we? We're we're this close to the S-Mart counter again. We're like that alternate ending of... uh army of darkness where ash wakes up in a dystopian future and goes ah no we're just gonna do 31 muscle men movies next month just no but who knows guys thank you for hanging in leave those ratings and review follow the youtube nerd alchemist uh find us on all your socials uh shout outs retweets all that stuff helps us out a lot Reach us at filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. And more than anything, thank you for the time. Join us tomorrow for the Evil Dead remake, the final day of our Halloween adventure. Uh, For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I am Alex Dandino. Hail to the king, baby. Took the words right out of my mouth.